0: Hello everyone and welcome to our Lung Cancer Awareness Month podcast special where we are challenging the misconceptions that surround lung cancer. Dangerous misconceptions which can delay someone's diagnosis. When it comes to lung cancer there are so many different symptoms. Some you might expect like a persistent cough or shortness of breath. Others such as shoulder pain and a lump in your neck you probably wouldn't associate with lung cancer. And I would guess you aren't aware of the symptoms my guest today experienced. Hi, Brian. Welcome.
1: Hey. Hi. Hello.
0: Um, So, first of all, how are you?
1: I'm fine. Yes, Very all good. good.
0: Very good. And if you could start, start us off by just telling us um, briefly your story.
1: Okay. There uh, we go. Well, that'd be what? But 11 years ago, yeah. Uh, after persistently being nagged by my wife and my daughters, I eventually went to see a GP, eh, because what I had was clubbing all the fingers, my, all my fingers swelled up, just the tips. Eh, yeah. And it wasn't affecting me, it wasn't hurting me, it wasn't anything, so I thought, it's fine, keep going. But they kept nagging to me, so eventually I went. <clears throat> and as soon as I walked into GP surgery... Uh, and I says to him, I showed him what I was in for. He's like, oh, God. I was like, oh, right. He says... Not the,
0: not the reaction you really want to hear from your GP, I don't suppose.
1: No, no, no. <laughs> uh, And he's like, wow. He says, that's... That you don't get to see in a GP surgery. I was like, right. He says, but they're excellent textbook. I was like, okay. And he says, we've got a student doctor. Can I go and get her? So that she can see them. And I was like, right, okay. So he bent away and brought the wee student doctor in and then he, oh, I've got a student nurse. Can I, can I show her? I was like, right, okay. So I'm like sitting there and I've like, got my fingers, right? Okay. So then he's like, okay, when you leave here, what are you going to be doing? I says, well, I'm going back to work. No, you're not. I'm like, right. He says, straight to the hospital. He says, got the He says, you're up here for a chest x-ray. Okay, not a problem. So, goes out, jumps in the car up to the hospital. Yeah. Walks in, right oh, here for a chest X ray. Oh, right, no problem. So, I goes into the the B cubicle, gets myself organised, cause then to get the chest X ray, and I could hear the the girl nurse whatever doing the chest X ray, looking at it and saying, "Oh shit, look at that," and I was like, yeah, "Okay." That's not- this is not good. So yeah. at that, I'm sitting in the wee, wee cubicle room and she's like, right, I need to go and get the radiographer. Uh, so at that, she shut the door. So I couldn't hear anything that was going on. Uh, it's fine. She come back and says, right, we've seen something on your chest X-ray. We're referring you now for a CT scan. I'm like, okay. I said, so what did I do? Oh, well, you just go home and whenever you get an appointment through for it, come and get it that's fine so at the same point as seeing the gp is going for the chest x-ray he'd referred me to a respiratory consultant uh, so i was like right okay so goes gets the ct scan oh, that, nothing we'll, we'll send your information on like, right, okay
0: yeah. is
1: there anything uh, anything away, do they? no 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 definitely not so at that I went and seen the, I'd got an appointment to go and see the respite consultant, uh, and he'd went through it and says we suspect that it's lung cancer, but we're not sure uh, until we get a biopsy and whatnot. So I was like, right, okay, uh, and we're going to because of where it is and where it is and whatnot, we're going to put you to the the beatson in Glasgow and you're going in there and you're going to get the the PET scan. I was like, okay. It's like, right, okay, so I got that, done, come back, went to see him again. At that point, he had a surgeon online or on the video call. So we're sitting there and he was on and he showed me my scan. And he's like, right, he says, we've got a graph here. He says, and on the graph, it starts at red and goes to white. Red is cold and inactive, he says. White, he says, depends on the shade of white, it's yeah. very active. Yeah. Starts at my head, there's nothing. Scanned in my body, got to my chest, and there it was. There's a white bulb right in the oh, centre of my
0: chest. Right, yeah.
1: And I was like, okay. So that, the surgeon's there and talking and like, right, okay. He says, next step, what we're going to do with you is he was saying, go for a, a biopsy. And the surgeon's like, nope. He's like, what do you mean, no? And he says, we're not doing a biopsy. consultant's like, well, why not? You know, the, the respiratory consultant. And the surgeon says, well, if we take him in and give him a biopsy, nine times out of ten, when I pull the needle out of his chest, the lung collapses.
0: Well, but then we,
1: we've got to put a chest drain in, we've got to reinflate the lung. He says, no. Looking at Mr Gemmell's scans, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's cancer or not, it's coming out. He says, so, there's no point in me doing a biopsy but I know it's coming out. So he says, what we'll do is we'll take him into the Jubilee, he says, and we'll take the lung out. Once the lung's out, we can then test it to see what it is and what it isn't. Uh, so I'm like, right, okay, fine. So, made the appointment for going to the Golden Jubilee in Bank. Yeah. It's in. And uh, when I went in, there's a wee old woman sitting waiting to get out. So I started talking to her and she was locally where I am and sat and says, right, son, ask me any question you want. I was like, right, okay. So sat and spoke to her. She'd been in. She'd got a back to me. Yeah. Uh, she was... Get out in seven days, and I was like, "Oh, right, okay." So I thought that's ideal. So that sounds good to me.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, I sat, and it just so happened I was getting her room. She'd come out the room that I was getting it, but <laughs> I did this right good conversation with her. Uh, my wife was sitting next to me, and what she said was, "It was like somebody lifting a weight off your shoulders, talking to her, because oh, just, you just she was telling you everything that was going on with her and different bits and pieces. Uh, so you knew what to expect after. Right. Uh, yeah. And I was like, right, okay. So on the end, we're sitting in the room and the consultants underling came round and she's like, right, you know who what you're in for? I says, yep. Meant to get my right lung removed. And she's like, oh no, 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 no. What we might do is we might take two lobes away and scrape mm-hmm. the third clean. And I'm like, no, the consultant says, my lung's coming out. I don't want to really scrape clean. I want it out. So she's like, no, no, this is what we're going to do. So I was like, right, right. I'm not going to argue. Yeah. So went, had the surgery, and came round. Uh, and when I was in the HDI unit, yeah, surgeon came round. he's like, by the way, he says, lung out. I was like, yes. Brilliant. So that's that's what
0: you want to hear at that stage, isn't it? That they've they've got it. Whatever it is, they've got it.
1: The concern I had was the bit will scrape clean.
0: Yeah.
1: And you're like, no, if it's coming out, it's coming out.
0: Yeah, get rid of it. Just get rid. Yeah. yeah.
1: So when they look through my scan, they'd say that there was nothing anywhere else. So it was just pure surgery. eh, And then after, I get discharged of it in a week, uh, and it was like right, okay, and it's like go do it, and you're like go do what? <laughs> go on, be a life, and you're like, well what kind of life I'm going to get? Yeah, you know, you've took a lung away, so that's you know, I'm going to be breathless. So I'm going to be just yeah. gone. A- no information on none, just go do it. Uh, and then it was what six weeks after surgery, you go for your wee final interview. Yeah. And it's like, oh, by the way, just so you know, it was cancer. So at that point, you're six you didn't weeks know clear. You
0: did all that time, whether it was cancer or not? Yeah, didn't know. And did they stage it? Did they stage, tell you what stage you were?
1: They said they, they thought to start it was stage four. Oh. Uh, but then they brought it down to stage three. Uh, but it was in all three, three, my, three the lobes in the, the right lung. So it's oh. just... Oh. Dead centre. Yeah. Like, Somebody put a yeah, light bulb on.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that was when I get the the all clear and it's like yeah. right. There's nothing, there's no follow up, there's nothing. Go on, mate. So you've then got your rehab yourself.
0: Yeah. Do you had no so, help, no physio, nothing like that?
1: No. No, no, nothing. Just go do all it. Right. So I'd been talking to people and i I'd, I'd heard that you could get, up here, and supposedly all over, you can get exercise referred. Yes. From your GP. Yes. So I thought, right, what's that? So I went to see my GP and says, right, what's this exercise referral? And he says, well, different areas that varies. But here, what we do is I refer you, you get to a local council gym and you get 12 weeks free.
0: 12 weeks,
1: Okay. And I was like, that sounds good to me, Yeah. can you refer me? He's like, no problem. So I get exercise referred, I went and I sat down with a, a PT, I would call him, was a personal trainer, who was trained in this aspect.
0: Oh, okay, I was
1: going to say, did you have help? You weren't just training yeah. in the gym and said, get on with it. But all he did was took me into the gym, took me in the equipment, says, so right, you know how to use this, you know how to use that gave me a wee programme and says, there you go. Uh, I'll come back during and see you during your times here. So I was like, right, fine. So I went, worked away myself on the gym, didn't you like the treadmill, walking, nah, That doesn't not different me, so I was like, right, oh, there's a bike that'll day." So I was on the spin bike, I was doing weights, yeah. I was doing different yeah. things, uh, just to try and get my stamina back up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I rehabbed myself, and then I thought, after it, i never seen him for the duration that was there. Oh,
0: my word.
1: Oh. Didn't see him once. Uh, Twelve weeks were up and done, and then it was like, right, you want to pay? No, it's going to cost you X amount a month. And I was like, no. But <laughs> like, what? I see, there's a local gym group just opened up. I see a big, massive gym, and they're charging a tenner a month. And like, yeah. Right. So I says, well, I'm gonna go there. Cause basically I've rehabbed myself here. Yeah, it doesn't
0: feel like you got any help at
1: all. So I can do it. If I've done it for myself, I can keep keep it going yeah. by going to a gym that's a third of the price. So that's what I did. Yeah. I went to a gym, got myself back into a routine of getting up there and working out and building up muscles. Uh, yeah because What I've found is, right side, isn't it? Well, aye. Because the right lung's gone, your right side's not as good as your left. So you don't have the same muscle definition in your left as your right. That's interesting. Flat-sided. My chest and my right side's flat, whereas I've got a bit of muscle on the left.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Right side doesn't move, whereas the left side, we breathe. It goes inflates and deflates. Yeah. So... Plus you got a drippy shoulder. <laughs> so you get all these things, so you're saying, right, okay, what am I going to do? I build my right side up more to then try and get it better. That's so precise,
0: that yeah.
1: I'm even, so that when I'm standing straight, I'm more straight than droopy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: And, that, and then I thought, right, okay, where do I go from here? So the job I'd been doing before, I had a mowing tow truck, which was... Physically demanding when you're...
0: a very physical job, isn't
1: it? Pushing cars out of driveways and to the back of the truck and whatnot, just to make the job easier, you do that. Yeah. Uh, I thought, nah, I can't do that. So what do I want to do? So that progressed and I says, right, can I become a personal trainer?
0: Wow, okay.
1: So I then says, right, okay, let's look into it. So I did it. I became a personal trainer. And then okay. I says, right, what did I do for here? So then the exercise referral programme, I seen it online, and it was a company that was doing it, and they were doing different areas. They were doing it all over the country. So I booked some dates, did my exercise referral. I did cancer rehabilitation
0: yeah.
1: course, uh, diabetes and Obesity, I did that. I did a few things just to, so that I know what I'm doing.
0: So you can specialise, really.
1: So I, could, so I could then help people. Amazing. Uh, and the amount of... It's, you sit back and you look, and the amount of PTs that's there is phenomenal in gyms. Uh,
2: yeah. No reckon
1: <laughs> they, they can train anybody. And you sit back and you watch them, and it's like... I was at one gym and there was a, a, a girl with a, a woman with a heart condition. She had three stints in her hearts and whatnot. And this young lassie well, was a PT, r- rattled her big style, as in gave her, like, yeah. it was like basically a circuit. And it was go do this, do this, do this. Very little breaks in between it, overhead presses, all the rest wow. of it. Wow. No, back, no you're not like, in that condition at all. Oh, I says, no. She's like, what? Says you can't do that. What do you mean? I says, that woman has got a medical condition. Yeah, I know. I says, Well, do you know about it? Ah, it's just a heart condition, it's nothing. And I says, Well, it's something. (laughs) Oh wow. I'm like, no. So you're like, no, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. Because you getting her to do overhead presses, if she's got blood pressure issues and you're getting her, I says, she'll finish up on the floor. Absolutely out. Absolutely. I says that's you that's caused it because you don't know what you're dealing with. And she's like, "All oh, right." I says you're not supposed to take people with medical conditions. I says that's what I'm here for. Yeah. So, aye, but that's that's bog standard. handling. That's the
0: what you're
1: general.
2: dealing with, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So,
1: aye, it's, it's scary. It's, yeah.
2: You think lung cancer is an instant death sentence? You think only people who smoke get lung cancer? You think if you have lung cancer, you'll have a cough? You're wrong. Forget everything you think you know about lung cancer. Know the symptoms. Take action. Be persistent. Be unforgettable. Find out more at roycastle.org forward slash be unforgettable. So
0: just to take you back a little bit further, to the beginning of your story again um finger clubbing is quite an unusual symptom and it is when the tips of your fingers swell around your nail bed so you get like a a puffiness at the top of your fingers don't you
1: yeah is that what yep. you yep. had yeah it's just basically the tip of your fingers there and it just swells up there like a ball yeah like a, yeah, like a finger, ball isn't it yeah every finger is yeah. the same and then as i say to you when you put your two nails together Right. If you can see daylight at the top of your nail. Yeah. That's the start of clubbing. Uh, interesting. And my nails are rounded now rather than yeah. flat. Yeah. So you, you get that rounded effect.
0: Okay, that's really interesting. My mum had the same symptoms. She I lost her to lung cancer before I got lung cancer. And she had quite severe clubbing, but yeah. it is a rare it's... symptom. Did you have any other symptoms?
1: No, not a thing. Not a thing. No coughing, no, breathlessness, nothing, no sore shoulders, at all.
0: Nope. no, no, nope. unbelievable, and how, and how did you feel, did you feel completely normal, yeah, wow, I wasn't,
1: I wasn't coughing, I wasn't doing anything, I was still being active, I was still doing my job, uh, I was still walking golf courses, I was doing all sorts, so yeah, it wasn't affecting me, it was, to me it yeah. was nothing because it was, it wasn't sore, it wasn't affecting me yeah so you know it's just nothing it will go away
0: and i suppose so lung cancer or cancer in general just didn't really even cross your mind at the point you went to the doctors no and and did you have any any awareness of lung cancer at all at that point
1: you you do because at the time when You've got all the publicity about anti-smoking and the smoking yeah. causes cancer and all that. You, you get that, but it goes over the top of your head. You don't think about it. Yeah. So it's oh it's never going to be, that's not going to happen to me. I'm fine. So oh, yeah, don't absolutely. Think,
0: so You and, didn't really, even if it had been, even if you'd have got the normal symptoms for lung cancer, it wouldn't have really figured in your brain anyway, would it? I no, suppose because no. you weren't really aware of it, or were you? Apart from like the normal stuff.
1: Apart from the normal stuff, no. Uh, you never think it will happen to you. Mm-hmm. You always think it's somebody else. Yeah, uh, and it's a, same as when you. You don't hear the stats until you hear the stats, I and mean, when <laughs> you hear the stats, and a lot of people talking, not just lung cancer but cancer in general, yeah. it's like one in two people will get it. So if there's two years in a room, when is is going to get cancer?
0: Yeah. Isn't that interesting? So it's changed so, the way you look at that completely from before when you weren't aware of oh, it at all.
1: Definitely, definitely, because yeah. then you get to know more about it and you get to know more, like, different symptoms, as you saying, the, the, the lump in the neck, the sore shoulder. Yeah. You never relate a sore shoulder with lung cancer. I yeah. wouldn't. No, yeah, absolutely not. The first thing you would think of was a cough, coughing up blood. The, the, absolutely. The, the common ones. Uh, and then you say, well, sore shoulders, this, and you're like, oh, wait a minute, that's, yeah.
0: Yeah, so you're very aware of the symptoms now, as I suppose, but once you've been through it, you, you're very aware of what. Yeah. You know what's happened to you. And I suppose, but first of all, um, the doctor... You know, your doctor was oh. amazing. So,
1: oh, definitely, without a shadow of doubt. Yeah, that's I incredible. Mean, what he says to me was normally my sign to pick up late stage. So it's it's when somebody's in hospital. Yeah, late exactly. stage, they, they, they pick that up. Yeah, uh, it's not normally a first sign and symptom. No, and and the fact, that your bed.
0: doctor was aware of it is yeah. I mean, oh yeah. Just in the right place at the right time, and that's incredible.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. Absolutely GP incredible. knew exactly what it was when I went, and it's like bang, yeah, that's that.
0: But but and when was cancer first mentioned to you? Did the doctor say anything about it could be lung cancer, yeah. or he just sent you to the hospital?
1: Just so when sent did the word
0: When did the words "lung cancer" first get mentioned to you?
1: It was obviously the CT, the the PET scan, yeah, the respiratory consultant. Yeah. Uh, whenever he said that, he said they suspect that it's cancer. Yeah. But we set a biopsy. They can't say for definite. Uh, and how did and you they,
0: feel when when you heard that? I mean, what? I mean, I know how you felt, but tell our listeners how that feels when you're not suspecting it at all, and all of a sudden someone says that out of the blue.
1: If you've got somebody else with you when somebody when they say that. That yeah. then they can take over from you because once you hear that it's a possible cancer right and they show you the size of it and it's, it's massive you're like oof For that point on you don't hear a word that he's saying yeah because your head's going yeah. all the place yeah and you're like oh right okay you're not thinking and then now you're like oh what's going to happen and you know, what's in the future? Is, is that me? That's well,
0: my next question. What did you, uh, you know, that split set second, I know that when I was told that split second, I just thought, well, that's it, I'm going to die. Yeah. And that was it. That's... I couldn't think of anything else. And it, that's the effect that diagnosis has on
1: you, isn't it? How did you, yeah. how
0: did you have the same kind of feeling? If,
1: yeah, if, you are, if you've got a question to ask and you can get it into your head and out your mouth, the first thing you're going to ask is, how long do I have? But Absolutely. your head being, let scatterbrained, you don't, you can't think rationally, reasonably, you can't ask the questions you want, hence, if you've got somebody beside you who can then ask the questions, yeah, then they can then, you know, take it look at all where in. it's going, yeah, where it's going through there and get more information and take it on board with what's been actually said. Whereas you're just yeah. sitting there thinking, That's me, I'm in a box.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, and it's interesting because I think the perceptions, I don't know how you found it, but the perceptions of lung lung cancer is it's not curable.
1: When you've got it, (laughs) that's it. It's lights out. There is no cure or if dependent, you know, obviously, you know, know the more you know, the more you realise that if caught early, it can be treated Absolutely, you know, it's like, oh, right, okay. I mean, like me, it was straight surgery, right? We've checked your scan, it's not went anywhere else. Job done, long, amazing. Out. There you go, and you're okay
0: very, very competent surgeon. Um, my story is slightly different, we're not talking about me now, but I had I ended up having two surgeries. Um, yeah, it, so you know, yeah. the fact that they got it all out in one surgery is fantastic, and you didn't have to yeah. have chemotherapy or radiotherapy
1: no no but Incredible. obviously since then i have spoke to you at one of the, the roy castle things in glasgow i spoke to yeah. somebody who'd initially started what they'd had said was it was in two lobes so they'd been in they gave them surgery they took two, two lobes out yeah five years down the line he thought hmm, just over the five year mark that should be me clear like feel quite right went to the gp oh hang, hang on uh, it's in the other lobe so today i'm going and get surgery to get the other lobe out and you think well if you're in there the first time why not just take it all away yeah and just take the whole thing
0: it's a it's a question i ask myself very often because um yeah i won't go into my story we'll talk again mm. um but yeah while you're in there, just take just take it away but they can't do that because they can't be no. seen are taking healthy tissue so no. but you just you don't even realize that's an opportunity you know when when i first saw my surgeon and he said you know you're stage 3b but it's curable and i was like what do you mean it's curable i don't understand because you you don't expect it to be curable there's no. um so little good result press about lung cancer But it automatically scares you so much when you hear that diagnosis Mm because you really just think that's it, don't you? Yeah.
1: As I see you, he thinks I'm in a box.
0: Absolutely. And I suppose just going on from the symptoms and the doctor, if you hadn't been bullied by your family to go to the doctor, do you ever think what might be now? Do you ever think about that?
1: So, so at the end of the day there's only one outcome
0: yeah it's incredible isn't it
1: yeah yeah i mean they saved my life your doctor yeah
0: your, your family and then your doctor who and recognized and then the doctor
1: it. so yeah if if i hadn't went with the size of the tumor right and you know yourself it's like a, it's like a mushroom going off you know it just goes and it goes everywhere then so yeah. once it's taken up that area it goes elsewhere. Yeah, so exactly. So if it goes into your lymphatic system, it goes right throughout your body and then, you know, fine, well, once it's throughout your body, it's too late. Yeah.
0: You know. so, so you were diagnosed at stage three, like me, which is yeah. incredible. You didn't even have to have further treatment. That's a real testament to how you were treated and, you know, the diagnosis yeah. Um, I'm just kind of trying, trying to get my head around that because that's absolutely amazing. And I suppose because she thought it was a sign of old age, the finger clubbing,
1: mm-hmm.
0: You, if someone hadn't pressed you to go, you would have just carried on, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah, yeah. You'd have just went yeah. on and says right? And then you don't know how long down the line you've got. So well, you, you don't know we're, you we're start not getting... so
0: bad you You'd have ended up in A&E down the usual yeah. routes. Yeah. And then
1: it'd be like, oh, shoot, here we go, right. Pet scan. Oh no, there's no point. There's no hope. It's everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So where do we where do we hit first? Because it's everywhere. So yeah, but I'm I'm fortunate that I get pushed in here, and I'm fortunate I had an absolute phenomenal GP. Incredibly. Uh, and I know there's a lot of folk who don't have the same GP because some GPs don't know how to, what they're looking for, or in the same respect after, how we deal with you. Uh,
0: also, this, it's not even... I think that, you know, GPs, because they are general practitioners, they cover so yeah. much. They're not aware sometimes of the, the obvious symptoms, let alone the yeah. really yeah. rare ones like you had. So the fact you were, you saw that GP who was aware of it is just oh, incredible. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah it's absolutely. It's really
0: interesting, isn't it?
1: Absolutely phenomenal. GPs has, like... You know, I, I, I would like to go back to him, but obviously he's no—he's moved on now. To a, a different practice.
0: Yeah, it's uh, such a shame, isn't it? Really, yeah, really is a yeah, shame.
1: Yeah. But, I'm, but it, no. it's
0: so—it's so good to hear that you're feeling well. So, tell me what you've been doing since you had the all clear. So, you, did you have to have your, your um, six monthly scans and that kind of thing once you'd once you'd got your all all clear from the surgeon? Yeah.
1: Up to five years, and then after five yeah. years, it's you're on your own. Go for it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's scary, isn't and it? Like,
1: oh, right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's scary, but yeah, you've got to put it to the back of your mind and just go yeah. on your life and live life. So yeah, I'm ten years down the line, and it's something Amazing. that. When you get that diagnosis you never think you're 10 years down the line gonna be that far yeah. uh, yeah. and i'm i'm like oh yeah this is absolutely brilliant keep it going
0: you, and you're doing well you look really well you're doing well you're yeah. healthy
1: yeah, yeah. healthy fit, so walking the golf course amazing It walks uh <clears throat> delivery driver now change job oh, are again. you
0: yeah wow, amazing
1: yeah take people shopping to their doors
0: fantastic
1: so uh, it's
0: just yeah like you say you 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 don't, you can't even imagine that far down the line can you and I don't know about you but I feel like every birthday is just a huge privilege yep so I yep. don't care how old I get age is a privilege that not everybody gets and I think yes. it gives you a completely different perspective on getting older which is a great thing because I was dreading it yep. and now I'm happy so it's a good thing
1: it's it's, it's, it comes to us all and it depends how we approach things. The way I sort of see it is there's so many things go on in life that do they really matter? Yeah. No. So, does it matter? Right, getting yourself upset and angry about things, does it doesn't matter? No. Right. There's more to life than that. I'm right. saying. Just get on with it, enjoy what you've got, eh, uh, as I say I've got. I never. We went into lockdown. We we two border collies and we we committed none. We lost the two of them in lockdown, oh. and that was a nightmare. Uh, oh. And the wife's like, "No, that's it. No more." So I say, "It's right, okay. Love my dogs, but if you say no more, then that's fine. Uh, because you don't know what's around the corner." So then, what happened? She seen a a border collie, but <laughs> when somebody was going yeah. to be home. At, so, seen him, I was like, oh, he is absolutely stunning. Uh, so we went and got him. So we get him in then oh. I see, I, I seen a wee female. <laughs> uh, so I says, so all look!" And she's she's he's a blue Meryl, So he's different from normal. He's, he's not so, Yeah. He's bottom, like, uh, she's got metal in her, but she's got the she's got half half blue, half brown eye, and a total blue eye.
0: Oh my word
1: And he's got two browns Which is yeah. unusual for a, a Meryl With brown eyes, two of them uh, But She's got Meryl in her So we're like, alright, we'll get her And I thought to do it as he's right Male Doug, he was starting to get a bit He's a bit poorly on the lead yeah. To say the least He's a typical collie So <laughs> he's mine now I work with him and- <laughs> The V, the V bitch. That's that's Elaine's, She uh, gets to uh, yeah, work Yeah, with her. yeah. Yeah. So I you just
0: get on with it. Only you? you're just getting on with your life and enjoying it. Yeah. It, it does give. And it's.
1: Perspective we're, do, and so. we're doing things with them. It's like we've got them into a doggy sport, which is flyball.
0: So oh, it's amazing. Yeah.
1: They absolutely love it. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're doing. A, there was a show down in Lincoln. We were down there. Took them to that. Uh, and they're only like in the beginners classes or the beginners groups. Yeah. And Brody went in as a single, which I thought he would do nothing in And he, he went first in his group <laughs> as a single. And Bria was in as a pair with another dog that we work with, and they came out with a second. So you're like, yeah. a first and a second. It doesn't get any better than that. Lincoln is a it's a big show and it's,
0: yeah, a, big it's a big one mission. for the breed, yeah.
2: Yeah. So Sounds
0: like you're enjoying um, your life, honestly, Brian. It's it's absolutely okay. brilliant.
2: Our online support sessions are a great way to meet and chat to people who truly understand what it's like to have lung cancer. Leave your brave face at the door and talk openly and freely about how your diagnosis is affecting you. To find out more, visit roycastle.org forward slash online support.
0: So do you ever give lung cancer a second thought now? Do you think what if it comes back? Do you ever think about it now you're not having scans and you're kind of out of that world?
1: Yeah, but the thoughts never go away, because yeah. the thoughts always going to be there. Of
0: yeah. If
1: no, if you go for a lobectomy, it's a lobe, so you've still got more lobes. Right. If you go for a, a full lung out, right? And I'm the big ones away. as far as I'm concerned, the big yeah. ones in a bin somewhere. Up yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. But I've got two lobes left. Out yeah. of five. And if it comes back and it's in the big with the two, where do you go for there? Absolutely. There's always that yeah niggle at the back of your brain.
0: Health anxiety is, is quite. I really suffered with it after my lung cancer. Oh. All clear. Yeah. Health anxiety, planning planning to die almost, which is yeah. quite a scary place <laughs> to be. I did I did have some help for it, and I always talk to people about don't be scared to go and get some counselling because. It, it hugely helped me.
1: Yeah, it's... OK, it might take you one or two counsellors to find the right one.
0: Absolutely right. You've got to find uh, someone you can click with.
1: Yeah, because you get someone it's like, right, OK, that feels OK, and then they take you so far, and then it's like, mm, I'm not progressing. So you've then got to look at something else. But as I say, if you get the right one... Did you have counselling? Yeah, I've... Well, had it since, yeah... Uh, I was, it was angry at the world, so I was yeah, meagerly angry about everything. uh, Yeah. And I went and seeked help, and I thought, right, where do I go? So, get a bit of counselling, put everything into his perspective, uh, and just, right, okay, that's fine.
0: Yeah, I was the same. I was majorly negative, and I'm not a negative person, so I was
1: Mm
0: -hmm. going shopping, as us women like to do, and then on the way out of the shop thinking, well, who of my friends shall I leave this to? I mean, you know, randomly thinking horrible things like that. So I knew I had to do something. And I would say that, well, for everybody in general, but especially if you've been through a cancer diagnosis, counselling is a really healthy thing to do for yourself. It really changed my life. It really helped me get things in perspective. And like you said, not worry about things you can't change because there's no no point in worrying about something you can't influence.
1: No, that's it. And the thing is yeah. you put it's putting everything in perspective. So they help you point you in the right road, the right direction for you then to do it yourself.
0: Yeah. Exactly. So
1: you then get to know the tools. So the tools are in your tool bag for if it pops its head up again.
0: Exactly. Give you the You're coping like, oh. mechanisms, don't they? They give right. you the, the mechanism yeah. to talk yourself down from that position yeah. that you might get yourself into completely.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of folk, especially, well, I'll put this generalized a lot of men. That's fine. I'm okay. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. Right. And that's okay. But it gets to a boiling point stage where one me thing and you blow. So you say, well, I don't want that. Life's too short for that. So, <laughs> let's so seeking help it's no how do you say it's no failure there's
0: no shame in it in fact in fact just asking
1: somebody to sit down and talk to you and help point you in the right direction
0: yeah
1: and that's what comes in
0: i completely agree i think there's a certain amount of bravery in seeking help in terms of you understand that you're not in the right place and you're going to do something about it that yeah. takes a certain type of person. So I think it's the opposite from looking weak. I think if you if you seek help, it shows what a strong person you are.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's it's not a negative to say I need help. No, not it's, at all. It's very, you know, very it's positive actually. Yeah, the fact that you have Agreed. you've looked at it and says I've got an issue here, right? I need help to sort it.
0: Yeah, yeah, completely agree with you.
1: You know, and, yeah.
0: Yeah. interesting. Really, yeah, we have we think the same way. It's interesting. So I suppose just to finish off with, um, what have you got planned coming up? You know, now you've uh, you've obviously 10 years clear, which is amazing. Um, what are you planning? Yeah.
1: Just getting on keeping going with my life. Uh, yeah, I've reapplied for my HGV because I, I lost it. Uh, so I've reapplied for that. So yeah, it's Folks say to me, "I yeah, am a bit old to drive a lorry," but at the moment, you sort of say yourself, "Well, it's new because they took it off me." Well, they took it off me, so it's it's like I've got a be the bit between my teeth. Now it's you took it <laughs> off me, I yeah. want it back.
0: So <laughs>
1: yeah. give me it back. Uh, yeah,
0: and I'm, it's I'm well enough. I need it back.
1: Yeah, it's well. You took it off when you didn't you need it, so give me it back. <laughs> uh, and it's yeah. It's just enjoying my life and getting on there. Yeah. Uh, and as I say, the more, I, the longer I can do it, the better, because I don't want to lie down yeah. to something. Uh, and it's, I got the bike, so I still go out for cycles and do stuff like that, walk the golf course. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's what things you enjoy. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm There's too sure. many things that you don't enjoy, so if you don't enjoy them, you don't do them.
0: Completely agree. Yeah.
1: And if if a job doesn't suit you, you find another one that does. Do something and else. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I'm not sure. We just go on with your life. Live life to the full.
0: Totally agree. Thank you so much, Brian. No. That is that's absolutely brilliant. Is there anything else you want to add or anything you want to tell our listeners as a final word from Brian?
1: No, I'm just happy in my we world, getting on with Fantastic. my things.
0: It's so hard to share these things sometimes. So, but it's kind of therapeutic to talk about it. I find it really therapeutic. So, and also to hear other people's stories because we're all so we've been through the same thing, but we've all had such different diagnosis, treatments, and you know afterwards, everybody is so different. It's fascinating.
1: Everybody's an individual, and everybody's cares individual, and it's sometimes agreed. it's It's. if you've got the right person, you see the right person at the right time, then your care is so much better.
0: Absolutely. Because you, hear, you,
1: do, you do hear negative stories about everything, whether it be this or other things. Folk get good care, folk get bad care. And it comes, it's rightfully or wrongfully, it's the look of the draw. You have to
0: trust the person who's treating you, don't you? It's all about letting go of. For me, it was letting go of control and just letting them do their thing.
1: Yeah, and that's that's okay if they know what they're doing and they're pointing you in the right direction and everything's right, then that's yeah. fine. But you know yourself, sometimes it's go for this test, go for that test. You feel like you're a piggy, you know, oh, what are you doing next to me, right? We'll try this or oh, that's not working. We'll try this. So it's, you know, it's if you go to somebody and they hit the nail on the head first time. Yeah. Makes things a lot better.
0: Absolutely.
1: More confidence in the whole system.
0: Agreed, totally.
1: And that's that's just me. That's I've just hit the nail in the head by getting the right person at the right time. Yeah. And everything just fell into place beautifully.
0: Yeah, that's great. I mean, my experience wasn't quite as good at the beginning so getting a diagnosis was really hard but once I got it my treatment was incredible so yeah slightly different but you know I had different treatment even though I was stage three I had to have a wedge resection and then I had to have chemo and then I had to have that part of my lobectomy so my journey was so different from yours and yet we were at the same stage so isn't that interesting
1: yeah 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 I mean that's I've been in, well, I used to do, I've not it for a few years now, but I used to do patient advocate at the Golden Jubilee, where I used to go and speak with patients who were going in and getting low yeah. mectomies, yeah. wedges, the whole shooting shebang. Yeah. And you would sit, and it was, a lot of them The questions they would ask you, was questions that a surgeon, a consultant, nobody could give you. Only oh, somebody who's
0: experienced it. I'm health? sitting
1: there and I could give them it. It's like I one wee woman women who she stays in the islands and she's a farmer, she's a wee croft and whatnot, wee small holding. And, and she says, she says to the consultant, "I don't want you to take part of my long away because I'll be breathless." Right. So the consultant at the time wasn't he a lover of me, but he says, "Right, okay, can you talk to her?" But don't scare her. I was like, no, look, it's not a problem. So then I introduced who I was, introduced myself, as in I'm a patient, ex-patient. Yeah, yeah. uh, And I've had, Then she's like, oh, right, okay. So then she started talking to me. She says, how breathless are you? And started talking to her, told her. I says, look, there's my, this is, I said I can give you the figures that I've got now. I says, at the moment, I'm still 60, 70%. Of what I was. Long term yeah. And I've got a lung done. that says which is three lobes. You're only getting one lobe taken away. So, You're yes, fine. you will be breathless, you will be this, that, the next thing. And at that, she then says, Oh, right, okay, I had a right good conversation here. come out of the room, consultant went in. How are you doing? She says, When are you book me? In? Go. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, let's do let's it. Let's
0: go. It's amazing, isn't it? The difference that makes for somebody with the actual experience. That's why I do what I do yeah. for Roy Castle because. Yeah. I wanna help as many people as I can. I'll talk to anybody who wants to talk to me because yeah. I'm I'm not breathless at all. I only had one lobe taken away. Mm-hmm. I'm not breathless at all. I'm a little bit unfit because I've just, just I've just been got the all clear from breast cancer. Yeah. So that's a bit unfortunate. So that's why my hair's like this and um I'm a little bit unfit because of it, but I don't feel any ill effects from the lung cancer at all.
2: Yeah.
1: It's, you're only a percentage 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 down, and it depends on you, how you let that percentage out
2: affect your outcome.
0: I don't even think about it. I would never ever think about the fact that I'm a a lobe down. I just don't think about it.
2: For support and advice on any of the topics raised in this podcast, visit roycastle.org. Past episodes are available to download on all major podcast providers. Don't forget to like and subscribe and make sure you never miss an episode.